football. Ladies and gentlemen, goals allowed. Hello and welcome to the first ever Goals Allowed bonus podcast. I'm Jake Sandy and I'm joined, as always, by Jules Singh. And today we'll be discussing the recent goings-on at Tottenham Hotspurs. However, we're not alone in this endeavour as we are joined in the studio by our first ever guest, Jules's friend and professional Spurs fan. Yeah, that's right. Amy Purser. So over the next half hour, we'll be looking at over the circumstances surrounding Mauricio Pochettino's departure from the club and also looking ahead to the new era with Jose Mourinho at the helm. As this is quite a complex story, I thought it would be best to begin with the most basic question that most non-Spurs fans may have about the situation. Where did it all go wrong for Pochettino? Um, I personally think it all went wrong after the Champions League final. Um, he worked wonders getting us there. But apart from that, he he had problems leading up to that. And the Champions League papered over the cracks. Um, and the loss of that final was really where it all started to go downhill. He he didn't start Harry he he didn't start Mora he started Harry Kane, and I think at that point he probably lost the dressing room. Um, let's be honest, why wouldn't he play the guy that scored a hat trick to bring it back to three all after we were three 0 down at half time of the second leg? And I think not only did a couple of fans get on his back after that, the players then really started to to lose faith in him. I think. Yeah, I think it's sort of interesting you bring out the fans there in terms of from what I saw from uh, watching the games and seeing fans sort of talk about the games. I think they are very pro Pochettino basically this entire time. I don't think many Tottenham Hotspur fans that I know personally were particularly happy to see him leave. Yeah, no, definitely. I was I was absolutely gutted when the news broke the other night that he was he was sacked. Um, however, there has been a growing number on social media and guys that I sit near at the games, uh, my season ticket seat, that were starting to lean towards Poch out, I suppose. Um, he, he he was losing fans um, and sadly it, it was the case that he, he left. Um, but ever since that Newcastle game where we lost 1-0 at home in that brand new stadium, I think it was... It was only a matter of time before he did start to lose the majority of the fan base, unfortunately, after the five wonderful years we did have with him. Do you think the sort of the Newcastle game was the sort of straw that broke the camel's back, maybe? I personally think it was the 7-2 against Bayern. I think getting humiliated in your own ground when you are Champions League finalists is completely unacceptable. No matter what team you are against who you're playing, if you've made the final of that 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 competition in the previous year, no matter who comes to you, you should not be losing 7-2. I think one thing I would just say in defence of Mauricio Pochettino in, the, in that game specifically was looking at the stats from the game, if I remember rightly. I think Bayern Munich had very few... I think all their shots on target actually went in. I think all their shots were also on target. So I think that game perhaps was a misleading scoreline. I don't think it was a, what you call a 7-2 game in inverted commas. But I think that the way that they maybe capitulated in a sense, like they didn't perhaps put as much effort into trying to retain the lead once they lost it that much. I think that was perhaps indicative of where the team was heading as a whole. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think we we had lots of fantastic chances in that game. And as you said, it, the game wasn't a 7-2 game. It, it really wasn't. I thought we I did actually play very well. 
Um, however, it started to lead fans back to the pre-Pochettino Tottenham that would go to the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City and Manchester United and get slapped 5-6-7-0 pretty much every time we played any of the, the top five. So definitely worrying times there. And I think that was probably the first point you saw the players weren't necessarily believing in his strategy, I guess you could say. Um, capitulating like that is not really acceptable for a team of, of Tottenham stature anymore, unfortunately. Given that you did sort of point that out as a game that you thought was one of the ones where he perhaps lost the players, looking at the stats from like this year, even even starting from like January, their like away form has been utterly atrocious. I think they've won, I don't know what the number is, but it's definitely single figures of league games away in this entire calendar year. Do you think that even from the start of last season, the signs are maybe there that his project could be sort of running out of steam in a way? Yeah, uh, definitely. As I said earlier, I think that Champions League run really did paper over the cracks. Um, definitely in the league. I, the only reason we got top four last year was because every other, everyone else was worse, to be honest. We, I think we stumbled into fourth place last year. Um, and let's be honest, again, in the Champions League, it, it gave us some fantastic results and some fantastic nights that I will personally remember for a very long time as a Spurs fan. But we did not play well throughout the majority of that campaign. I think the only games and the only legs I could say we probably deserved to win the games was against Dortmund. Um, you know, we hardly got out of the group stage. I think this time last year, we we were going out um, of that that group. We got Dortmund, we played well, and I, we did outplay them. But then you look at the likes of the, the Man City game and the Ajax game, it was a fact that, I mean, VAR saved us against City. We were sloppy in the final few minutes. There was a goal that should have been ruled out for handball by Lorente. Um, and the Ajax game, they bottled it, I suppose you could say, and we were just lucky to be on the receiving end. But to get there, we didn't really deserve to be there after the way we'd been playing. Yeah, speaking as a Chelsea fan, I think I can relate to the fact that you can get made it to a cup final despite not being in the best form in other competitions. Obviously, Chelsea did it in 2012 with Roberto Di Matteo as manager. They got to the final despite him not being in any way, shape or form, a Champions League manager, if you want to put it that way. And I think it is certainly interesting to see teams that do paper over the cracks like that and sort of see how the knock-on effect after they reach such a momentous high, when they return back to the level they've been on previously, what happens sort of after that? So the next question we had sort of on our running order thing was to do with whether the loss in the final, do you think if they had won it, this could have gone a different way? Um... It's a difficult one because I know Poch came out and said before if he won it he would he would consider walking away from the club um, because in his eyes he, that's the ultimate prize he could have won with Tottenham. Had we won it, I suppose that's a question we'll never we'll never know. We didn't win, um, and you know he has now gone. But had we won it, I think the players would have a different mentality. Um, let's be honest, for a lot of players these days that play in those big clubs, their ultimate dream is is to win the Champions League in club football. That's the biggest prize you could win in club football, let's, realistically. Um, so, of course, it's definitely playing on their minds. And I think that is always in the back of their heads. I've, I think when we played Liverpool a few weeks back, that loss to them would have been in the back of their minds. It would be there. well, the last time we played these guys was in the Champions League final and, and we lost and we they didn't play well. And I think that would have been in the back of their minds for every game they've played since. It's not just something you can shake off. I mean, 
talking about Liverpool, I mean, uh, I, I think I think back to the Champions League final. I mean, I, I messaged you a bunch of I messaged a bunch of um, Spurs fans um, telling them, look, this is what happened to us in two thousand eighteen against Real Madrid. Um, lost probably probably deserved a little bit more um, from the game, but don't worry about it. Look at what we've managed to do in the last year. We've had a really good Premier League um, campaign, getting to ninety seven points, um, and now we've gone on to win the Champions League. Um, there's no reason that you can't replicate it. I look at uh, Jurgen Klopp and Mauricio Pochettino. Um, very, very similar. They're very similar in a way that you know they're both at clubs where they haven't won a trophy in quite a long period of time. Play very like good attacking football. Um, but why do you think Spurs have not been able to replicate what what Liverpool have been able to do? Um, for one, I don't think Pochettino was backed by Levy. Uh, I really don't. He did get a number of players in that he wanted, but for me it was too late at that point. Um, again, they've rarely played. The only player that's come in and had a decent run in the side is Ndombele. Uh, the rest have unfortunately been injured. Um, so in that aspect, I think had he had these players in from the start, it might have been a different story, but it wasn't. And to, I genuinely don't know why we haven't gone on to do what you did. We've essentially got the same squad and they are a very good set of players. They, We have some fantastic, dare I say, some world-class players in that squad in the likes of Harry Kane and some players with a lot of potential with the likes of Deli Ali, who may be out of form at the minute but has shown that he, he can do it on the big stages. Um, again, the likes of Christian Eriksen, Toby Alderweire, Jan Vertonghen, not wanting to sign contracts, I think also may have a big part to play in that. If players don't want to be at the club, then it does just upset them. They are, it upsets the dressing room. They are massively senior figures in that dressing room. Um, so for them to say publicly that they don't want to commit their future to Tottenham, it will have every other player sat in there going, well, if these big senior players don't want to, then why, why should we? If they see something that's not going to happen, then you know, should we be thinking that too? So I think that perhaps that's that's possibly one of the reasons. But apart from that, I don't see why we can't do what you did last year. Fair. Do you th- do you think do you, um, Spurs could have spent more money in the summer? Maybe should have spent more money in the summer. Um, I don't think it's just the summer. I think it's the two transfer windows before that where we spent absolutely nothing. Um, if going back to the Liverpool example. Klopp's first game in charge was against Tottenham. And you look at the the teams that lined up for that game, your side now is completely different. I think there's only one, maybe two players, lots of Divock Origi and James Miller, who are now fringe players that are actually still at the club. Exactly. And if you look at that Tottenham lineup, it's essentially the same. I take, you know, you put in a few extra additions and the likes of Harry Winks and Tangi and Dombele, but. Apart from that, it is essentially the same, and I think that's the problem. It, it wasn't just last summer. It's been every single window before that, that that's caused the problem. We should have spent and we should have strengthened when the other teams around us were doing so, and because of that, we were left quite far behind. I think what you just said there about the um, the sort of players not wanting to sign contracts and maybe sort of this situation becoming a bit stale, if that was what you're sort of alluding to, maybe. Do you think that it, this sort of is a very public show that managers in this sort of modern era of football certainly have a lifetime at a club? Yeah, definitely. I I think that 
so the, the likes of Sir Alex Ferguson and, and Arsene Wenger are long gone. I genuinely don't think you'll find a manager that will stay at a club for that amount of time anymore. Um, players, there is a different crop of players that are coming through. There are new challenges that come as we spend an inevitable increase in money over the next few years. And I think managers will need to be refreshed, unfortunately. Um, players will get bored. There was a lot of talk that the Spurs players got bored of hearing the same voice day in day out on that training pitch and I'm not in there I can't I can't say if that's true or not but I can definitely see where they're coming from if Pochettino was using the exact same methods now as he was using five years ago I expect that would be incredibly boring to come into and do every single day and then if he's using the same tactics week in week out at the weekends and if it's not working which it obviously didn't this year. One criticism I would have of Pochettino's time at Tottenham is he didn't know when to make the changes. He either made them too late or he didn't make them at all. Uh, one final question about about uh, Mauricio Pochettino before we move on to your new manager. Uh, what do you think's next for him? Are, th- are there going to be clubs knocking down his door trying to sign him? Um, definitely. Uh, I think if you're a manager at one of the top clubs at the minute, I think you would be looking over your shoulder if things did start to go to awry. I think with the money and the backing, I think he could go on to become a very successful manager. And I genuinely do hope he goes on and wins the lot with a new club. I just wish it could have been with us. But he is a fantastic manager. And to be honest, I put my money on him going to Bayern Munich next. I'd hope it's after we meet them in the, the next game in the group stages. But I genuinely do wish him a lot of luck. And I do think he will be successful in the future. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see what he'll do after this. I think one thing that a lot of people think he perhaps should do is maybe take some time out of the game until the end of the season, which is why I think Bayern Munich might not be where he ends up. So I think if they want to move quicker and want to appoint a manager, it may be unwise for him after spending was it five and a half years at Tottenham pretty much. Yeah, I think to jump straight back into another job possibly wouldn't be a good idea. I think he needs to sort of spend time to sort of reflect on what has happened at Spurs and sort of try and think about ways in the future he can try and maybe avoid making the same mistakes? Yeah, definitely. Pochettino, as we know, is, is a manager who likes to build his own team. He will quickly get rid of players that he doesn't see in his philosophy and he'll want to bring some in that are in his philosophy. So, yeah, potentially wait until the end of the season and starting afresh with a summer transfer window to get players in and out to suit his philosophy would, would make the most sense. Um, but I do think clubs will be queuing up to get him on board, 100%. I, it, you know, if Guardiola, you know, doesn't win the Champions League this year, there are questions being raised if he'll go. And I think City would be stupid not to go in for the likes of Poch. He hasn't won anything yet, but he'd never had the money that these big managers have at these big clubs. And I think if he did have the money and he could get in whoever he wanted, he he would be very, very, very successful. Just finally on that topic, something I'm a bit curious about. I've heard a few rumours, I don't know whether they're sort of jokey, whether he might go to Arsenal. Would that annoy you as a Tottenham fan? Yeah, it would. Um, he, I, I mean, I've, I've supported Tottenham since I was born. I've been going to games since I was three. So I've remembered a lot of managers and we have had a lot of managers in that time and, and Pochettino has been one of the longest serving ones. But he was also one of the most loved managers I think we've ever had just because of how the changes he made to our club we've gone from being a team that struggled to get into the Europa League places to now being top four regulars and Champions League finalists last year without the likes of him and 
the joy he's given us fans, we would not be in the position we are today to sign, to bring in a manager of the likes of Mourinho. So we do have a lot to owe to him. And yeah, I'd be absolutely heartbroken if he went there. More than more than Sol Campbell. More more, Sol more than Sol Campbell, I, I really do. Um, he's he speaks publicly about his loyalties. He has done in the past. Um, he said he would never ever manage Barcelona because of his previous connections with Espanyol. So I'd like to, like to think it'd be the same with Tottenham, but he has left on a bit of a sour note. Um, he has, you know, rumours are out there that he's fallen out spectacularly with Levy. So I'd like to think he wouldn't. Um, he's always shown a lot of love for the club and for the fans. So I'd like to hope that prevails, but who knows in modern football. Yeah, I was watching, uh, I think someone put on Twitter, the interview he did after the Ajax game, where he was clearly in tears, like he was in bits, talking about how proud he was of the club and stuff. And I think that is just very indicative of how he ingratiated himself to the club and the, their fans throughout his tenure at Tottenham. But now moving on to a man who sometimes doesn't ingratiate himself with fans other managers, players, literally anyone, probably has been a man at home, I don't know, it is his uh, Mauricio Pochettino's successor, uh, Jose Mourinho. So Jose Mourinho was appointed, I think, 11 hours after Pochettino was sacked. I think Pochettino, the, an, the announcement of the Pochettino, I don't know if it's sacking, I think it was sacking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was announced at about half seven the night before, then by half six a.m. the next day, uh, Jose Mourinho had been appointed. And he's a very... Oh, uh, I don't know what the best would do. Polarising character, shall we say, in order to keep this show family friendly. <laughs> Obviously, as a Chelsea fan, it is a stake to my heart to see him go to arguably, well, definitely Chelsea's biggest rivals. But given the fact that he is a proven trophy winner and wherever he has gone, he has, at least at the start, I think the later on bits will come to in a second, but at least at the start, definitely... Uh, raises a club to points where they can maybe win trophies that perhaps Tottenham haven't been able to do under Pochettino, which I think was one of the main criticisms of him. So how do you think the decision was made that Jose Mourinho was the right man for the job? Um, I think it was made under the fact that we have a fantastic squad. We have a squad that is capable of winning these big trophies um, and we need a winning mentality to do that. And we don't have anyone in the club at the minute, apart from the likes of Hugo Lloris, who's who's won the World Cup, that has that winning mentality, unfortunately. And Jose Mourinho will bring that to the club. He will... if The only thing this club needs at the minute is someone who believes that they can win something and knows how to win. Uh, As he said in his press conference earlier today, someone asked him whether he thought that the Champions League loss had affected the players, and he simply replied, Black with, I don't know, I've never lost one. And I think that sums up quite well what, what Tottenham do need at the minute. Um, he was also asked what his Christmas wish list for players, and he said, "I don't need one." He was like, "I'm very capable. I'm very happy with this squad I have." Um, and he also said that we won't win the league this year. He went, "But we can next year," and that's a mentality Pochettino never had at Tottenham. It was always a, "Oh, it's tough." You know, the the other teams are just as good and are strengthening. That's not good enough anymore at Tottenham. We're we're fed up of being the nearly club. We're fed up of being the club that's just there to make up the numbers and. Sorry to Arsenal fans, being the Arsenal just getting into top four every year. We want to push on and we are capable of pushing on and Mourinho will do that for us. Yeah, I think that's an interesting, some interesting points you make there about the effect Jose Mourinho can have on a, a club when he joins them. But one thing I think of looking at how he was at Real Madrid, uh, Chelsea for the second time, Man United, he does 
tend to start well and then the situation around sort of his third season does start to deteriorate quite quickly and I think the rate at which it deteriorates has been steadily increasing since the turn of the decade with the different clubs he's been at so I'm just wondering why, why you think that this will be the time Jojo Mourinho maybe doesn't do things that alienate the fans, the players, the ch- chairman in some cases? Um, I think the answer to that is we will find out. You know, it's it's going to be a wild roller coaster. So I've said to everyone, I was like, just strap in and go along for the ride and we'll see what happens at the end of it. But he has said that in his 11 months away from managerial duties, he's taken a lot of time to reconsider his principles and the way he went about things. And he has said that he wants to change. He He's learned from his previous mistakes, as he said earlier today. Um, and you just have to take him at his word for that. We all know he has a very big ego um, and that would have the potential for irritating a lot of people. Um, but yeah, who knows, to be honest. I'll come come back and ask me again in three years and I'll, I'll let you know how it went. <laughs> so c- c- considering... Mourinho tactics, we all know that he likes um, like nice defensive football, likes to park the bus after getting a 1-0 lead. <laughs> the simple question is, this season, is the Spurs defence good enough to play like that? No, to be honest. My first thought when he was announced, well, not even before he was announced, after Poch was sacked, it was a bit of turmoil on, on the internet and amongst fans, and the one scare I had with Mourinho coming in was like well watch him try and park the bus with the likes of Aurier and Sanchez in our back line it's it's not going to go well um but that said we do have some good defenders in our squad that had stopped playing to their previous potential under the likes of Pochettino and I'm talking about Toby Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen and, and Danny Rose who in their past have been phenomenal defenders um, the questions have been raised whether it's their age but I don't see how since last season they can go down the drain quite so quickly. I'd expect it to be more of a steady decline as a as a, a, a rapid drop in, in form, to be honest with you. Um, I think it just depends whether he can get them playing. Um, I, again, I'm going off what he, what he said. I know you can't always believe that, but he has said that he'd like to... Can, to like, build on the way Tottenham have been playing in the past. And for me, that is... The like the football we were used to under Pochettino was was flowing. It was really good football, so I can just hope that 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 stays. But if it doesn't, and he wins trophies, then it's a lot more exciting than what we've done in the last few years. So, despite what Jose might be saying uh, about uh, Christmas wish list, do you have any um, players that you might like to be signing in the January transfer window? Um, I personally would like to see Bruno Fernandez come in. Um, he was heavily linked with us in the summer. I, he's still doing absolute bits where he is at the minute. Um, I think he would be a fantastic addition. Um, the sentimental side of me would love to see the likes of Gareth Bale come back, but I genuinely don't think he will. Uh, you know, one of them lovey-dovey reunions, but it is what it is. And, and, and Mourinho will bring in who he wants to bring in. Um, and if he thinks they're good enough to play for us, and that that's good enough for me personally. Speaking of um, players that are already there, do you have any players in mind that you think are or aren't Jose Mourinho players, in inverted commas, like one of the players that I sort of look at and see think that would be a Jose, like Jose Mourinho player, would be Son, for example. He's very hardworking, very rarely injured, clearly has a very strong work ethic. Like He seems like the, exactly the kind of player that Mourinho would want as a, as a manager. Do you see any other players that you think he would identify as key players for the, 
what he wants to do at this club? Um, well, I think it's very common knowledge that whilst he was at previous clubs, he he tried to sign a number of players from Tottenham in the likes of Kane, Dyer, Alderweireld. So, yeah, I know there's some weird players in there, but he obviously likes them. Um, and he's, he said that one of the main reasons he took the Tottenham job was the squad. So I believe he's already identified the players he wants to build his squad around. Um, I must admit, though, when the news first broke, I, I was worried that the likes of Kane and Son might leave because, as we know, Mourinho does have a habit of falling out with players and publicly lambasting them if they don't quite perform to standard. Um, and in, Kane and Son are two of our best players at the minute. I think we're two of the best players I think we might have ever had. So for me, that would be heartbreaking to see them go because of a manager like him and his managerial style. But at the same time, I think that at the end of the day, players want to win things. And if they believe that uh, that Mourinho will win them things, then they'll play for him and they'll stay. I personally think that, that Harry Kane's going to be a very like Jose Mourinho-esque player when he's not playing CDM. Um, I mean, all you've got to look is... Uh, look at the likes of Ibrahimovic, Didier Drogba, to look at the kind of strikers that Jose Mourinho likes. And well, I personally think Harry Kane is, is one of those strikers that is going to be very good for a Jose Mourinho team. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I personally think that the Deli Ali and the Harry Kane and the son that you're going to see hit the Premier League when Mourinho does get his feet on the ground are, are going to be some of the best versions of the, those players you will have ever seen. Um, and I think a lot of clubs should be worried when Mourinho, if Mourinho does perform to the standards, we know he can with players. And if he does bring out the best in them, then our attacking options are are phenomenal and it should be a lot for a lot of managers and their back lines to be scared of. Yeah, I think the point you just touched on there about Harry Kane is definitely one of the players I'm most certainly interested to see under uh, Jose Mourinho at Tottenham, considering the work he did with, as you said, Drogba and Ibrahimovic, where they sort of maybe didn't... Drogba certainly didn't score exorbitant amounts of goals, but the sort of way he was turned to the focal point of their attack, sort of watching watching Harry Kane sorry, play, you see him sort of drop deeper a bit and they would sort of control the play from like a deeper position. So I think under Jojo Mourinho, he could definitely flourish into that role while still maybe perhaps being the best finisher that Jojo Mourinho has coached, arguably, I'd say. So definitely could maybe become a better all-round player under the tutelage of JJ Mourinho given the players he's worked with in the past. But one player that I'm sort of interested to see as well how he gets on for different reasons is uh, Dan Danny Rose. So obviously you probably know more of the situation than I would. I've just read the headlines of him saying that he refuses, he doesn't want to leave and he'll just play out his contract. Do you think that Pochettino leaving could see him being brought out of the cold? Um, potentially, yes. Um, with the headlines in the summer, you know, he's alluded to the powers upstairs wanting to sell him. Um, I personally, I think it was Poch that was freezing him out. Poch played him a lot. He relied on him a lot. Um, and he, he, I think he really liked him as a player. Um, unfortunately at the club, we do have a sort of stigma when players get to a certain age. Daniel Levy does like to ship them out. Um, I think one of the most, the, the two of the most high-profile ones have been Jermaine Defoe and Peter Crouch, who have hit that ripe old age of 30. And even though they were still doing it, got shipped out the door quicker than they could blink as soon as they, they hit their 30th birthdays. So as these players get older, I think Levy has an idea that there is no resale value on them and wants to get them out as quickly as, as, quickly as possible. Um, however, that being said, Mourinho does like the older player, as we know from where he's been in the past. So Danny Rose definitely does have the potential to come back into that squad and become 
the, the left back we saw of him a few seasons ago when our fullbacks were running right in the Premier League. Um, and back then he was one of the best left backs in the league, 100%. Um, whether that form is still in him or not after his injury that, that kept him out for quite a while, a few seasons back, that's another question. But yeah, I think Rose could potentially become very involved back in that team with Mourinho at the helm. Yeah, so another thing that's sort of off the pitch this time that a lot of people have been talking about is the fact that Jose Mourinho, I believe, is getting in the region of £15 million a year as Tottenham Hotspur manager, whereas Pochettino was on about eight and a half, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid those are yeah. rough yeah. figures, yeah. <laughs> so with the fact that Tottenham have a very large sort of reputation for not paying their players the amount that they make at other clubs, and they've just recently broken like six-figure uh weekly wages for the first time with players like Harry Kane and Deli Alley and things. Do you think that that could be a potential bone of contention that could possibly sort of build in the squad? Um, I think it's always been a bone of contention in the squad, to be honest with you. Um, as soon as you start to play, pay those players that amount of wages, you will look at, you'll look at other players in those positions in the leagues. I think that the main one, the, the main problems that have come out with Toby Alderweireld over the last few seasons in this contract saga is the fact he just wants more money. He's quite happily said he'd like to stay at the club, but he wants to be paid what he's worth. And when you look at some of the central defenders and what and what they're on at the other clubs, such as the likes of Man United and, and Liverpool, I don't think that's too much to ask to pay him that level. He is a fantastic centre-back, and him and Jan Vertonghen are arguably probably the best centre-back pairing in the league when they're on their form. So I think it's a step in the right direction that these players hopefully will now start to be paid more of what they deserve, uh, especially since Mourinho is on. A, I think he's the second best paid manager in, in Europe at the moment. Um, I think he's under like Zidane or something like that, which is absolutely crazy when you think of what Tottenham have historically been known to be like with their money. So, yeah, hopefully these players do start to get paid. And I think it will be a massive thing to keep these players at the club. You know, the likes of Harry Kane's son, Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, Toby Alavaro they would want to move somewhere for that potential last payday before they do have to retire in the future. Um, and for what they've done for this club and the way they still play, I don't think it's too too much to ask for them to be paid that. So looking at the other side of the recent incomings, uh, considering players like Ndombele and Lo Celso, clearly they're you know Maurizio Pochettino players because he's the one he's the one that signed them. Uh, are they are they going to are they going to perform at a top level under Jose Mourinho? Um, and Dombele, definitely. I think he has the potential to become one of the best in the world in his position. Um, people have been raving about him for quite a while now. And I, I was genuinely shocked when he said when it, when it was revealed he was coming to Tottenham because I know there are a lot of other big clubs that were interested in signing him. Um, and I think Mourinho will recognise that in the likes of Ndombele. He works hard. He works hard on the pitch and he does do well. When, he, when he's played for us so far this season, he has often been the best player on the pitch in, in that game. Lo Celso is a different question. Um, it was an op. We, it was it's obviously a loan with an option to buy at the end of the season. He Pochettino was very keen on bringing him in. So whether he performs under Mourinho is a, is a question that we'll we'll have to wait to be answered because we haven't really seen seen him play for us. He has been injured. Um, he looks like a very good player from the little glimpses I've personally seen of him. So it, I think it just depends on whether they're willing to work and believe in Mourinho's philosophy as to whether Mourinho will welcome them with open arms into into his squad. Yeah, so I think uh, we've been going about half an hour now, so I think I'll just sort of wrap this up by sort of summarising your thoughts about where you think that uh, 
Tottenham are going to finish this season and where you'd like to see their trajectory over perhaps the next two or three seasons? Um, at the end of the season, I have a feeling top four might be too far gone. I personally can't see Leicester and Chelsea dropping a sufficient amount of points that would allow us to overtake them. However, saying that, I do hope to be up and around there. I would like to finish above Arsenal this this, this season again. It would be awful for us to, to stop that now we've started that sort of streak going on. Um, I think, I, I've said to people, I've said that we are still in the FA Cup and we are still in a very good position in the Champions League, a better position than we were in last season when we made the final. I think if we if we win in his first home game for us, um, we've we've practically qualified. We can't be overtaken on points, and it would come come down to goal difference, which is a very very positive place to be in. So those competitions aren't completely written off. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying we're going to go and win the Champions League, but I think the FA Cup is a is a real possibility if he can get the players playing in the way that he wants them to play. As for the big trophies, I. Next season, I would like to see a trophy, at the very least. I think, with his cred, with his, you know, his his previous experience, if he doesn't win something at Tottenham, then I think all hope's gone for the club. To be honest with you, um, and I, I'd like to just finish off with one same one thing that a lot of people have been throwing around today is that our motto is to dare is to do, and a lot of people are saying Pochettino taught us how to dare, and now it's time for Mourinho to show us how to do and and win things. So. Yeah, well, I'd just like to thank Amy for coming on our sort of first ever bonus Goals Allowed podcast. I I'm think <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to do some more stuff like this in the future to put out on our Spotify to sort of cover sort of topics that we'd like to maybe touch on in more detail, but don't really have time for our normal show. So I've been Jake Sandy, joined by Jules Singh. I've been me. And thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can catch our normal show on the same podcast feed coming out later this week. Goodbye.